Welcome to the Marketing Home, Marketing You podcast. Week after week, Barbara Savona of Sprout Marketing brings you quality conversations with industry leaders, mini marketing workshops, and step-by-step guides on everything marketing, business, and career growth. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some outside-the-box ideas from the girl that lives inside the shipping container box. Hi, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of Marketing Home, Marketing You. I'm your host, Barbara Savona, and I'm so happy that you're here. This is a special two-part episode called Marketing Masters. I've invited several of my friends and colleagues that I admire in the marketing space to come on and teach us all things marketing for 2023. My commitment to this podcast this year is to continue to help each and every one of us, myself included, to become better marketers. And while I come on here and I often share principles that I've learned, I, I don't know everything, and that's really exciting. It's exciting to know that we can all learn from others, and so I want to bring those guests to you, and I have several that you guys are going to really enjoy. So after I recorded, I originally thought this was going to be one episode, but there was so much information. I thought, let's break this up into two so we can really digest this together. Now, I want to share a little story before we get started. I used to talk about this a lot of times when I would present on a stage because if I would go to a conference, I know that many times I'd have so many ideas, I'd have a notebook full of them, and I'd leave so overwhelmed that sometimes I wouldn't even put one idea into place because I was just almost paralyzed by how many different things I could do. And I don't want that to happen to you whenever you're listening to this podcast. So I want to tell you a story. So years ago, uh, my friend, a really close friend of mine, had a ranch in Texas. So we lived in Weatherford, Texas, which was the cutting horse capital of the world. And her, her and her dad had a beautiful ranch that they, they were co-business partners in. And one day her dad was visiting and he said, I'm going to give you a tour of, of some of the you know parts of the ranch that you haven't seen. And I said, okay, I was all for it. And we walked and we walked and he walked through the stables and he showed me one of the racehorses. And he said, do you have any idea how much this horse can make in a race? And at the time, this was like 20 years ago. I thought, I don't know, like $1,000. And he kind of smiled and he said, no, you know, this horse is a good horse. Any given race, he can make $10,000. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my goodness, that is a lot of money and I'm in the wrong business. (laughs) what, what, What do we need to do to get into the horse business, right? Teach me. But that wasn't the lesson. We kept walking and he was talking to me about all the things that go into breeding and all of the things that the way that they take care of the horses. And we'd almost gone full circle. In fact, I thought we did because we stopped at a horse that looked almost identical to the first one. And he says to me, okay, here's another racehorse. He said, how much do you think this horse can make in a race? And again, I thought, I don't know what, like another 10, maybe 15,000. Is this horse just a little bit better? And he smiled and he said, this horse, this horse's name is Fighter. And Fighter can make $100,000 and up in a race. And he said, you know how he does it? Fighter wins by a nose. So get this, the difference between a $10,000 horse and a $100,000 plus horse is a tenth of an inch many times in a race. It's just the tip of a nose. And being a business person, a person that loves strategy, you know where my mind went? I thought to myself, you know, in any kind of business, or even if you're thinking about two different apartment communities, you might think to yourself, oh my goodness, we have to be a hundred times better than our competition. 
And I say to you, it isn't necessarily just about being better. It's about being a little bit different, a little more thoughtful, just a nose, a tenth of an inch different or better. And that's what these ideas are about. My hope for you is that you take one at the very least and you run with it. You make it your own. You put your personality, your secret sauce, that's what you have, and you apply that, whether it's to yourself, your personal brand, whether it is to your community and your apartment marketing, your management company marketing, or if you're, suppli you're a supplier and you're trying to you know, grow your business, these principles will help you do that. Or if you're an entrepreneur or you're in multifamily and eventually want to have your own business, these are the principles that are going to take you there. So take one and see how you can take that one and win by a nose. That's the secret, my friend. And that's what this year is all about, getting 1% better. And I love that story because in a very tangible way, it showed how two things that almost look exactly the same can have wildly different outcomes, but not by being a hundred times better, just by being a nose better. So I want you guys to love this series as much as I have. I have two guests today that you guys are going to get to know. And then at the end of this, I hope you get some ideas, you put them into action. And then next week, join me again, because I have several more guests that are going to be joining me with a couple of different perspectives. And I'll tell you something, I took notes and I've been implementing these ideas and they work. So enough of me, let me introduce you to my guests and welcome to this two-part Marketing Masters series with Marketing Home, Marketing You. All right, friends, I'm so excited to introduce my very first guest on the Marketing Masters series. Christy Fickert is with us today, and Christy is the VP of Enterprise Growth at Real Inc. Welcome, Christy. Thanks, Barbara. I, I am so glad you put this together and you're bringing this group of people together. I'm excited to learn from them uh, just as much as everyone else probably is. Well, I was thinking that, you know, you and I've known each other now for a while, but you've never been on. And so I'm so glad that we're going to finally have the opportunity to, to talk a little bit. And I know what you do, but can you share with people what your area of expertise is? Sure. Well, I've been around a long time. This is actually my 25th year in the industry. Wow. So I don't know, what is that? A silver golden <laughs> anniversary? I don't, I don't even know, but a long time, but I love it. And it doesn't feel like it's been that long. So I've done a lot of different things, including working on the operations side for about 17 years and a marketing role before I came over to the technology side. Mm -hmm. And so what I do now, I'm the vice president of enterprise growth at Reolink and our video platform takes anything that you might already be doing with video, whether you're using your phone or zoom, or maybe creating TikToks. And we kind of roll that all into one platform that then really talks to your other multifamily systems. And it keeps you it makes it easy to just do everything in one place, right? So simplifying that, but my real mission and goal in the industry, even when I was on the operator side, is to really try to make technology easy to understand for people. So whether I was in a marketing role or in the role that I am now, I'm really a technology translator, I guess you could maybe maybe say. That is such a great title. <laughs> Make it not seem as intimidating because it really can be intimidating or, you know, um, like the chat GPT stuff is a lot of people are talking about that. But if you haven't heard about that yet or aren't familiar with it, you might be reserved in asking a question about it because you don't want to sound silly. So I kind of am that technology translator. And of course, I'm a huge advocate for 
just adopting and using video in our day-to-day -day operations across the industry. It does not matter if you're a supplier, if you work on site, if you're a regional manager, I just really think there's a place for this. I've seen it personally work for myself. And so I'm on this mission to sort of change the way we operate and getting people comfortable being on camera so we can use that as a, as a way to sell and showcase our personalities out in, in the industry. Absolutely. That is so good. And I can think of so many times in my career where I would have loved to have a technology translator that I could call on. So I feel like that maybe needs to be your new official title, Christy. I think I do. I like it. Maybe I will. I need to update my LinkedIn profile. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> maybe just add it in the LinkedIn as an extra because I feel like that really speaks to what it is. And so you know, as we're starting this new year and we're thinking about, you know, all the new things that are coming out, you mentioned a few things. What marketing trend are you most excited about? Oh, gosh. Well, I do get excited when people start embracing video because I feel like I've been talking about it for seven or eight years. I mean, even pre-pandemic. And it has worked for me, not just opening the door for new job opportunities, but it's helped me just get eyeballs on me for so my personal brand, if I want to be out in the market speaking, but I've also had it really work for me in my business. So it's helped me reach my goals or perform better or help my company or organizations perform better. So I'm excited more people are doing that, but I do think there are a lot of other ways that we can be using video other than just a virtual tour of a unit. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many other things we can you like video advertising. I just um did something with Conversion Logics last month and it was really fun to look at what they're doing when they're taking when they have good video content from one of their clients and what they can do with that in advertising is pretty amazing. So I'm excited that more people are adopting that, but we have a lot of work to do in that realm. There's still a lot of people who don't think we need it, or they're just not leveraging it the way that they should. Um, but also the chat, I mentioned the chat tools, and I think it's yeah. going to be really fun to see where AI goes without how we can leverage that because we do need that. We're so short staffed these days in the industry. So I think it does have its place. And how are we going to marry that up with our, you know, our personal brands and our people and make it work for our industry? Those are such good ones. And I think you're right. It, you know, we talk about a marketing trend and like you said, some outside of our industry have been embracing video for years, but in a sense, like to me, I'm with you. This is the year to, for that property manager that maybe has never thought about getting in front of the camera to say, no, I am part of this brand. And how can I bring that brand to life? So can I ask you kind of a side question? If someone hasn't yet embraced video, where would be the first place that you would recommend that they start? Okay, something really easy to create is a GIF, and it is pronounced GIF. Some people say GIF, but GIF is the official, okay. the, the person who <laughs> GIF like the peanut butter. So okay. if you need a little technology shortcut, that's, you know, that's translating for y'all. But it is, those are so easy to create. And I actually have a couple of these, and I can send them to you if we want to send yeah. them out a follow-up or something. But the great part about a GIF, if you're afraid to get on video, is you don't have to talk. And it's literally seven to eight seconds of you just creating some kind of a movement. So I actually have one of these where I sit at my desk and I'm just waving hello. And so I turn that into a GIF and I use that in my follow-up and I can post it on social media, but I didn't have to talk and I could kind of, you know, make sure I, I didn't have to, I really didn't have to do anything, but Wait, you did your supermodel, your Miss America. Yeah. 
Um, I've got another one where I'm celebrating and kind of doing this because, you know, so I send that out to people when I hear they've gotten a promotion or they have something to celebrate. I have a virtual high five one, you know, where I zoom in and, and kind of do that, but you really don't have to do anything else. So it's an easy way to put yourself out there. And it's something that you can use over and over again, again, for follow-ups with your clients or your prospects. You can send it, if you're, you know, a regional, you can send it to your team when they hit a great number. So those are really easy to use. Um, otherwise, outside of that, I always recommend starting with something you know and that you're familiar about. It's so easy to talk about something that you feel like you have expertise in, and that's, then you don't need a script. You yeah. can just talk off the cuff like what we're doing today. And it feels a lot more natural and not scripted, which is really what today's, whether you're a renter or whether you're just watching TikTok, that's what the audience wants yeah. to see. Yeah. Those are such good tips. You know, I saw your hello one in multifamily insiders. And I thought that was so uh, wonderful because even without sound, I, you know, and say, I didn't know you, your smile, your demeanor, and the fact that you're willing to put yourself out just told me a lot about, about you, that you're friendly, that you're welcoming. And so I love that part. I love how you talk about, you know, managers, you want to create a personal connection, but you can't be at all places at once, but a few of these can be in your pocket to do that. And so for me, I will say yeah. Instagram stories is like so easy because I just turn the camera around, I talk, and I know it's going to be gone in 24 hours if I absolutely hate it. So I right. think all of these, right. are, these are like good little, little entry points, you know, for people. Yes. And you can too, if you don't, it doesn't always have to be external, externally facing. Yes. So something that I do with our team when I'm, you know, I've got a lot of meetings that today I'm really back to back. And so if my team has questions or they need me, I'm just not super available today because I have a lot on the calendar. So if I think of something I need to communicate to them, I will create just a quick video. I'm sitting yeah. at my desk or I'll do a screen share and I record that and I send it out to them. And that's so much easier than an email that I would have to type out. I hate having to type on my phone. So especially if I'm traveling or on the road and I need to get a message to them or just talk through something that I want them to know or a priority for the week, I'll pull out my phone and just record a quick video. And that's your own team. So they're yes. a lot less judgmental than you know the regular public is. Yes. Uh, but they're also, hearing your voice, they hear your tone, they see your body language. And it's an easy, easy way to start. That's such a good tip for even like you're saying, this is just a beautiful tip for just connecting with your team to where you don't have to say, I'm so busy. I can't answer right now. It's a quick, I love that. So, okay. So let's talk about the opposite. What tools are underutilized in multifamily in your opinion? Okay. Video? Well, video. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not all about video. I think what we, it, it applies to video, but it applies to so many other things that we're doing. We can always do a better job of leveraging what we're already using in other ways. So for example, if you create that GIF, that fun video, and you're only using it for follow-up with prospects, well, you have so many other places you can use that. You can send that to your renters when it's their birthday. You can share that on LinkedIn. You can drop it into an email campaign that you're sending out. You can share it on social. So just taking what you're already doing and leveraging it, a big opportunity I do see for this that is related to video is repurposing some of those unit or um, property videos for your online ads. And I, I will say... I do not think that a video slideshow counts as a video ad. That is not a video ad. That's what people are using video ads 
But when it's just a slideshow of the photos that are already on your website and you just put it to music and you have a voiceover and that's what you're sharing in your paid advertising. So whether it's on Google or YouTube or wherever you might share that, that's not really a video ad. Okay. That's just a, a video slideshow. So taking, you know, you've got this great narrated video, a really good example. And I would encourage, I don't know if you're connected with him, but there's a leasing agent with Praxum. He's with Praxum Management and his name is Craig. And he creates this amazing video content at the, at the property level. And every, so now every prospect and renter, they know Craig and they all want to come and rent from Craig because he's just got this very nice welcoming personality and so Craig does a unit tour, but he's in the video and he's sort of demonstrating the apartment. He's not just touring it, he's demonstrating it. But what they do with their marketing agency that they work with is they took a, snap, a little snapshot of that unit walkthrough with Craig and they turned that into a video. And it's actually their best performing ad on Facebook. And it gets like a 346% ROI, Gosh. which is insane. So I think the other thing we're underutilizing isn't just video and, you know, repurposing it in other areas of our marketing stack. You can do that with really a lot of things that you're doing, but what they're also doing is they're using Craig and his face in those ads. And that is performing better. And that's something that we've seen here um, with some ads that we've been running. We've been doing AB testing and I think it absolutely works on the operator side, just like it would work on our side of the business. But so my marketing team was like, yeah, we put your ad on a, or we put your face on a LinkedIn ad and it's actually the best performing one. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, could you tell me this ahead of time? I need a proof. Like uh -huh. what picture did you use? What video did you use? But again, you have to be vulnerable and it actually performed better and it converted leads for us. Yeah. So I think that's what's happening with Craig is that we're not utilizing our people. They're the face of the brand. They're out in the field. The renters like them. That's why they rent from them. And so I think we can do a better job of repurposing what we're using, but also taking the face of those people and using that in our ads and throughout the marketing stack too. That's incredible advice because I think it's where the personal brand now is going to lead the company brand and we've got these great advocates. And sometimes, let's be frank, some of our leasing teams are going to be better on camera than your most seasoned manager just because they've got that, you know, personality. And it's interesting that you said that too, because we've tested ours too. And um, I said to Lauren, because, you know, the ads were, I'm in the video, or like, we'll do videos where we show these beautiful graphics. And then there's one where I'm like, you know, making a stupid face right. and it works better. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so does this mean that Sprout's going to start paying for my hair, like getting my hair done and all of I that, know. right? <laughs> I asked for it. I said, okay, guys, we're going to need a light item in, in the budget this year for Christy. Oh. She's going to need some Botox. She's going right. to need a highlight. She's going to need a wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on guys. I gotta, I gotta keep it, keep it up if I'm going to be the ad person, but no, it's, yes. it's true. And I think it's also worth trialing like other different people on your team and all of these things. But I love that you talk about repurposing too, because I think sometimes people think, oh, one more trend, one more thing. And I love how you're saying like, let's, you know, figure out how to take one piece of content and use it in different places and think about, you know, you waving works well for something, you know, to a client as it does to something for a prospect. It could just work in so many ways. So I think that's super cool. Yeah, now, it does. And I'll tell you, Mike, Mike Whaling over at 30 Lines actually, um, tested this out at 1.2. So a lot of property websites have a pop-up, you know, on the homepage of the website that usually advertises a special or something. 
And so instead of that messaging, at one point in time, they actually just put, it was a photo, like a headshot of the leasing agents on site. And it rotated through leasing agents. So if they had two leasing people that pop up, one time it'll pop up and it's got, you know, Craig's face on it. And then the next time it's got Barbara's face on it. But that converted much better and people were more likely to schedule their tour when they were using the face versus a photo of the property. And I think that also speaks to people want to know who they're going to meet with. They want to see who that is. And I'll say just this week. So I made a resolution to try to get better at just doctor's visits and, you know, annual checkups and things. I've gone so like years without having checkups because you put everyone before yourself, you know, and work gets in the way. And so my resolution this year, so I've been setting all of these doctor's appointments and I needed two new providers and I selected the doctors that I'm going to see in the next couple of weeks based on a video that I saw on their website. I was kind of starting at ground zero and I didn't know, I'm like, well, you know, I look at the insurance website and I see who's in the network, but then how in the world do you pick, you know, there's a headshot of the doctor. Do you pick them based on what they look like or what? So quick little story. The website had videos of these doctors and the questions were not medical questions at all, but it was a fun eight question, like get to know the doctor. And they asked really fun questions like, okay, even though you're a doctor, what's the one unhealthy thing that you do? And one, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I love chocolate. And the other's like, I Netflix and chill a lot more than I should. And I really don't exercise. <laughs> so I ended up picking these. Do- I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. She, I like her answers. I feel like I could really connect Relatable. with her. Relatable. So I'm going to pick her. Yeah. So that's actually how I, I mean, how else would I, and I, of course I went out and read reviews. But if we think that people aren't choosing to do business with us based on our people, I think we're selling ourselves short and we're missing a big opportunity. But this is a great message. And honestly, I feel like I'm going to school right now because I have so many ideas. Like we just need to, after, like, we need another brainstorming call. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Okay. So tell me what a project are you, maybe a success story or a project that you feel really excited about sharing? Yeah. Uh, so we are launching, I'm sure you saw this, but we have a micro video series that we launched back in the fall and it did really well. So we're about to launch season two next week, but this is called The Lens. And we just saw, I, I see some declines in education in the industry, not in the educational offerings, but in the time that people are attending and truly engaging with a class, a course, education, and I'm thinking, gosh, I know people want to learn, yeah. but why in the world are they not engaging? And it's it's for all of these reasons that we all know. We're short-staffed. We're back-to-back with meetings. We don't have an hour to block off to join something or to join a class or, or more than, I mean, some classes are longer than that. So we created this course, and this is, of course, in our realm. So it's all about video, how to get comfortable on camera, and how to start using video in your day-to-day operations. But what we did is we took it down to five minutes a day. So it's a video that you just watch for five minutes a day. And it launches usually in the mornings before your day gets away from you. And what we're seeing is that's working. So I think also it's something that we could replicate throughout the industry in any internal training meetings, you know, how can you train your team with these little micro lessons? So that's working for us. Um, But I'll say what's also working about it is we, you know, ran the ads like I was talking about and put a person's face that's attached to the brand on the ads and it converted better. And we got people actually signing up for the course that way. So, you know, whatever side of the business you're on, it's something that you might want to try, but pretty, pretty um, proud of that and that people are consuming the content. So it tells me that that's what 
the attention spans are these days is it's it's a few minutes not yes. a few hours so christy can people like if they hear it a little bit after it started can they still jump in yeah so they can register um it'll launch next week but then it'll come back so okay. i would just recommend that they get on the wait list and we can okay. we can send you the links and yeah. things to share if you we'll want we'll have all the links so that people work. We'll have people that they can know where to connect. And if it's not right on the same time, they'll be ready for the next one. And I think so many good lessons that you shared in that about, you know, what was it, the image that you used for your ad? What is the, when are you sending the emails? What, you know, type of, and I think that one of the things just in talking with you and some of the others is that's how we learn is just pay attention to what's working and take the like little strategies and then replicate those again and again. So what about as we're kind of wrapping up, is there any last kind of marketing tip you want to share with the teams? Oh gosh. Well, I would say number one, be curious. And even if you feel as if, and sometimes I felt like this in previous roles when I was on the operations side, but you can feel it anywhere. It's, you might be really curious about new technology or new things that are coming out, but within your own organization, maybe they aren't as forward thinking. Yeah. And don't let that stop you because it can be really stifling, but you can be creative and curious outside of what you do within your own organization. So I would recommend being curious, being willing to try new things. You don't have to try it across the whole portfolio, but, you know, give it a try. And that's something that people on the software and technology side of the industry are really good about doing is they're usually willing to try anything and a lot of it fails, but they tried it and you yeah. learn a lot from that. So I want to be curious. And the other thing that I got to be pretty good at in Q4 that I will continue doing is re-demoing products that you're already using at least once a year. And especially before you would put in cancellation notice. So I know that we're in this really transitional time right now with the economy and we're not sure how things are going to go. And everyone's trying to be really conservative with budgets. And, you know, we're, we are too, but one thing that I did is I really tried to, before I cut something or before I thought it wasn't working, is I carved out time to get on and re-demo a product, even if we've had it for a few years. And I learned something new from every one of those meetings. And the other thing that I do is about quarterly or twice a year, I really make myself get on calls with whoever the reps are for the products that we're using. So if there's a software or a service, I feel like I never carve out time for that. I'm always just focused on my own team and on our clients first and foremost. And so I don't carve out time for those own systems that we're using. And the rep is always emailing and saying, Hey, Christy, can you get on the call? We have something new I want to show you. And I always push her off, but every time I carve it out and she's got it down to where she knows I've got 20 minutes and that's it. And so I'll get on for 20 minutes, but I always come back with ideas of how we're not using it or things that, you know, we're not taking advantage of within those systems. And that 20 minutes turns into a pretty hefty ROI for us every time I make that commitment to do that. So I know we're all busy, but I would just recommend being really mindful and leaning on your suppliers and providers, because a lot of times they do have an expertise that you maybe don't have time to dig into right. because properties and so on and so forth. But, you know, just like I serve clients and properties, I also have software and I need to hold myself accountable to doing that same thing. But it worked out really well for me in Q4 as I started to implement that. That I did not think you were going there, but man, I'm going to share that with my team because I think that's such a good, just such a good tip because a lot of times, just like we're innovating on our side of the business, 
so are our partners. And a lot of times we don't keep up. And we're like you said, it's not just about cutting costs, but it's like, how do we make the technology work the best that it can for us? And we can't if we're not utilizing all the latest features. So, okay, Christy. Yeah, so- I read this so- I was just going to say, she's so great. And I'll say, show me the shortcuts. And so she will go through how we're using it. And she shows me the shortcuts and it literally makes my life easier if I dedicate that 20 minutes to her. So that is awesome. All right. Well, I know how to find you, but how can everybody else connect with you? Oh gosh. Well, LinkedIn is always a great place to connect and get to know each other, but I am such an extrovert that I'm always willing to connect on other social channels too. So Facebook and Instagram, um, they can email me here at Reallink if they want to learn more about video or if they want to get, you know, sign up for that lens course, if they're interested in taking that course, it's free obviously. Um, but yeah, so social and anywhere I'm, you know, I'll talk to anybody, anywhere, anytime. (laughs) I think you're one of the most available social people that I know that is always providing so much value. And I just want to thank you so much for giving not just your time today, but I feel like you were very thoughtful in all of your responses. This was like power packed with ideas. I feel like someone would have to go back and say, okay, let me pick one to implement, add a little bit and keep going that way. So thank you so much, Christy. Yeah. Thanks for having me right back at you. It takes a village. (laughs) My next guest is Grady Newman. He is the founder of Resi, and I'm so excited to have this conversation today. So Grady, welcome. Hi, thank you, Barbara. My honor to be here today. So Grady, I know a little bit, but for our audience, can you share your area of expertise? Absolutely. So we focus on creating high engagement websites for apartment properties and portfolios that are driven by organic and paid channels. Okay. And I've seen your website. It's beautiful. The examples of the work that you all have done. So I'll make sure that everyone has access to check it out. So today we're, we're talking about marketing and, um, you know, part of the reason that I invited the guests that I specifically did is because when I find marketing through the channels of like LinkedIn and I find creators that are creating marketing pieces that are engaging to me, I start to take notice and I think, okay, I'd love to almost get inside your mind a little bit and find out what it is that you know, you're know you seeing, that you're doing. And so as we're starting this new year, are there any marketing trends that just have you really excited? Oh gosh, absolutely. There are so many things happening in the world and especially in the world of multifamily right now that are exciting that I'm looking forward to. We've got an increasing development of brands in the industry as we start to see some of the trends that have been existing in hotels make their way to multifamily. And as there's been a a lot more consolidation in the industry, I see that need growing along with um, that comes centralized leasing and that being a big part of that effort as well. And I think we'll see a lot of marketing trends that are based around that centralized leasing effort start to take hold this next year. Um, I'm excited to see a lot more deeper integrations of software, um, retention campaigns, as we start to see some of the new builds slow. And we've got really high turnover ratios, I think, that we'll see an increased focus on retention in the coming, coming year for sure. Yeah, you know, you said two things that really stood out to me. So the first, talking about centralized leasing, if I just look at my data last year, our number one most downloaded podcast, and it's still continuing to be the most downloaded podcast, was a conversation I had with Suzanne um, 
uh, Hobson about centralized leasing. So it tells me that you're spot on. It's like it, people are interested and they're trying to learn from others on how it's going to go. And so I think once operations gets figured out, you're exactly right. Like now the marketing, how do we market these, you know, this centralized brand potentially? And then the second um, is just, I saw a lot of data that was shared in the last couple of weeks about how uh, renewal rates are just at an all-time high and people are wanting to stay for whatever reason. And so seeing that some of these stabilized assets, like you're saying, how are we going to put a new focus on retention to where it feels like it's a strategy and not just kind of an afterthought? So I'm, I'm with you. I'm excited to see how people, how, how we embrace it in our industry. Me as well. I think we'll see true development of loyalty programs. And we've we've seen some great companies doing some work in that area already that I'm just excited to see them grow and take off in the coming year. Yeah, me too. So let's talk about underutilized things. You know, I think from our perspective, we get to sometimes get experience outside of the industry. And so is there anything that you feel that multifamily is not utilizing enough? Sure. Um, I like that question. That's a good question. Um, I'd like to see marketing become bolder for sure. I feel like sometimes messaging gets a little muted because we're too afraid to offend or we're trying to appease um, a particular group that thinks that we need to fit into a box. And and so I think some of the more successful campaigns will be those that are are really bold and, and unique. Um, some other areas would be, I, I don't I don't know that we do that much educational marketing in the industry in kind of educating renters on on different aspects of a brand, of different aspects of renting and the advantages of it. Um, I think we'll see more emotional marketing probably come into play with the increased um, development of branding and, and um, utilizing channels in a way that just haven't really been utilized that much to date. Um, there are tons of underutilized channels, in my opinion, in multifamily. Um, but really, I think a point that I want to bring up is, although that there are plenty of channels that are underutilized, I think that our teams are overutilized. And one thing that I see is that we're so we're so spread thin, um, or our clients are at least, that they can't do all of these channels well enough. And it becomes them too worried about checking off boxes of all of the places that they need to be posting, of all the things that they need to be doing, and not necessarily having enough kind of intention behind the marketing and and the messaging that they're creating. I didn't know you were going to go there, but I love it because I talk <laughs> about that all the time too. And I think that what happens is that probably for you and I, working closely with clients, they kind of share a little bit of their struggles, maybe more freely than they would with their upper management teams and yeah. you know, vice versa. And we're seeing the same thing that, you know, people feel that they need to be uh, able to do everything. I remember I shared a story before, and I'm just curious if you've seen this to be true. I was sitting in a boardroom working on a branding project, and this one was like the CEO's baby. So I got to work with the CEO specifically on this project, which was very interesting. And one of the things that he shared, and it was just very indicative of kind of the way that they managed was that you know, if his property managers could not host sexy events, his words, not mine, um, could not do Google Analytics, could not keep rent at a certain rate. I mean, he started listing these things and he kind of looked at me, I think, for a, a nod of approval. And I just kind of was quiet for a second. And I knew that, you know, this client had held me in a, in a good professional regard. 
And I just said, you know, I couldn't do all of those things. And I know that you, you know, think highly of me. I said, but I would be set for failure if that was what my job description was. I said, I don't know anyone that could do all of those things well. And so to your point, you know, underutilized marketing, but overutilized staff, I absolutely love that kind of phrase. Do you, this is kind of a side question, but what do you think is the solution for that? Is that just finding the right partners? Um, I think, I mean, finding great partners are a big piece of it. I think that there are definitely going to be some advantages that centralized efforts can bring, both in centralized leasing, centralized marketing, um, and and automation. Um, I think that we are still learning all of these technologies. We're very excited about them and their capabilities, yeah. um, but I think we're also a little bit kind of... Um, kind of idiots walking around trying to learn <laughs> what yeah. what it is that we just found and you know how we can really put it to use and and so I, I I worry about how it's going to get rolled out a little bit but I feel like there is a lot of a lot of the solution can lie in that in that automation that come that and and also the consolidation that comes with centralized efforts and pulling things away from the property level and letting them do their job these People on the property teams are um, in charge of multi multi million dollar businesses, and we're trying to put everything on just too small of a team. And yeah. and so I think by being able to centralize a lot of those efforts, we'll find a lot of help there. And also through, I mean, one way that we particularly try to focus on it is by we don't need to send them more leads. Um, you know, in a lot of other industries, there are many more levels of qualification that you generally will see before you're doing a tour or you're kind of at that level in the in the buying process. So I'd, I'd like to see a lot of this automation and a lot of our tools built around qualifying our, our leads more. Yeah, that's uh, such a great point. So almost like a tiered qualification. I've, you know, I've seen a lot of chat, uh, talk on LinkedIn too about all this, you know, um, th this AI that's going to replace a lot of content marketing. And I posted something recently about my fear is that the industry will do what it always does. Oh, we've got something new. Let's go there and divert attention from what the basics that we've not been able to master. And then B, oh, right. this machine can do this. Let's get rid of more staff where we're already underutilized. So I think all, this is just a great conversation because yes, we're talking about trends, but trends do no good if your teams can't actually follow through with what they're trying to do. And I think that's just, I appreciate that you really highlighted that. Yeah, I think you hit it spot on. I mean, the goal shouldn't be to be reducing, you know, uh, headcount. The, yeah. the goal should be reducing the amount of the amount of responsibilities on, on those teams because they're the ones that are, are facing your clients. They're the ones that they, they can't be out there having conversations to generate great feedback, to know how you're doing, to know what types of upgrades you should be making if they're too busy with all of these other pieces. Absolutely. So Grady, you and I have talked a little bit about some of the projects that you've done, but can you share some successes that you've had, maybe some tactics that you've used that worked really well in hindsight? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, really in the early days of my company, we, we grew up with new lease ups. That's where we were focused, working with a lot of developer owners and um, really cut our teeth on, on new lease ups. And, you know, in that process, you know, I've always envied um, the marketing of Apple and what, what they do. And what I like, I, I like to say that they just like to make a big deal out of the seemingly small things. And, and so that's been a big focus of ours over the years is building a technology that we can scale 
um, that allows groups to highlight the actual features of the property that differentiate them in the industry. And so we really focus on highlighting those, um, those different features. And um, a story that might be a good answer to your question is a project that we worked on maybe about a year, year and a half ago, um, that we worked on some uh, work with a brand that was more creative than you would typically see. A lot of a lot of the website, the ads um, were made the property look more like a fashion magazine than anything. And um, it ended up being an incredibly successful campaign. And I think that that's a lesson that can be learned in this industry is that we worry a lot about having the look and feel of something that feels like an apartment property and forget that some of the most successful campaigns for any type of company don't necessarily have anything to do with the product, right? Like we want to be focusing on the benefits and the way that it makes people feel. In the end, that's what they remember. And so if our goal is to stay top of mind when someone's in their buying decision, we should be focusing on marketing and branding that's going to help accomplish that goal. And feeling is a great way to do that. And so getting more creative with your branding is, has definitely been some some of the basis for our biggest success stories. Yeah, I think when you and I were talking, I love how you said it was like they wanted a mix of maybe like anthropology and Vogue. And I think that's so cool because sometimes, you know, we think about our competitors as like, who is the competitor on the street? And really, we really, I think something that you and I resonate on, I feel like a lot of your posts that really spoke to me is like, where is what is your buyer doing outside of just their home and how, what do they like to do and someone that is maybe shopping at anthropology is going to be somebody that's very different than maybe that is shopping at you know some other store and so just getting into that like mindset of your renter that hey if anthropology's style of marketing appeals to them for clothing that's probably going to carry into the aesthetics of their home into their lifestyle so that's just really cool to kind of be able to put a name to start to get a brand feel like that. Oh, absolutely. And you bring up a great point there, right? We do these, you know, in, in many cases, we're working with teams and developing these uh, personas, right, of what yeah. our target market looks like. But so often we don't really see them put that much to use other than maybe in some of the ad targeting. Um, you know, but that's some of the great ways to use it is in creating the brand around who that target is and what they like outside of where they're going to be living. Yeah, that's a great point. I found that to be too true when we've worked on branding projects. It was almost like the personas were used for the approval of a brand project. But to me, I always wanted them to be handed over to the leasing team afterward and say, okay, this is what we're, this is who we're embodying. This is, and it's not, a, it's not that we're excluding because we know with fair housing, we have to be careful, but it's like getting very clear on what mm -hmm. people are into. And it's always depressing on a branding perspective when it, it kind of stops at the ad and it doesn't go on sometimes. And the best brands have actually implemented it in their hiring, in their social media, everything, because that persona, that legwork that was done, it's like, no, this is a real thing. This isn't just something that sits in a brand book. And you can really gain a lot of insight if you let it go into everything that you're doing, your events, everything. Absolutely. Um, I think, was it Mike Wolver that recently posted about, I'm going to forget which, which bigger management company it was now that just has embraced, we are only doing self-guided tours. That is yeah. who we are. That is what we do. And we're just making that statement. And I think the more that we see that in the industry, the more that we'll see um, qualified leads coming through the door. 
<laughs> which is exactly. really the end goal, right? Yeah, it's uh, like putting your stake stake in the ground or stake in the sand and saying, this is who we are. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, we try, I see it way too often where we're trying to be too many things to too many people. And that's just, that's a losing battle. Very true. So is there any other, as we're kind of wrapping up, any other marketing tips that you want to share or kind of leave us with? Sure. Um, so a big one for me is um, own your presence, own your data and know where it is, know how to analyze it, own your own your website, um, just own it and don't be so dependent on third parties to, to be taking care of that data. Um, I think that in the world that we're living in today and as we see an increase in centralization, as we see an increase in integration, and in my hope, more and more native integration of tools on, into web platforms, I think it's ever so more important that we own, own our data. Um, and then along with that, don't listen to anyone that tells you to spend more money to solve your problems. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the anti-typical advice on marketing, right? This is, this is so true, though. It's like, you, like, I love how you said that earlier. It's like, they don't need more leads. They don't really... They, we need to be closing. We need to be, you know, getting a little bit more qualified. It's not, a, it's not a more thing. It's a better, it's a quality thing. Absolutely. I mean, I think in this coming year, especially as we're seeing some, you know, tougher absorption rates for the industry, you know, I want to encourage groups to not make any rash decisions with, with their budgeting, um, especially regarding marketing without really having a more full game plan. I mean, if anything, it might be a time to be stepping on the gas, um, but you want to do it in the right way. And that doesn't necessarily mean spending more money, but about spending it in the right places. Really solid advice, Grady. Well, I knew this was going to be a good conversation just from, I think that's what's really cool about um, when you get to see someone on on an online platform, even if you haven't met in a weird way, we're talking about qualifying, it almost qualifies your network because you start to see people that either are challenging you to think in a certain way or you align with their thoughts. And so even though you and I've never actually met before this, I feel like there was a lot of synergy there. And so I appreciate you taking the time to share this with my audience. And for people that want to stay connected, because I know they will, where's the best place for them to connect with you? Great. Well, thank you. And it's been a pleasure to be here. Um, LinkedIn is a great place to connect with me. I'm uh, so glad you've been able to see some of my posts. This is, it's a new world for me that I've been learning and really only been going at it for about six, six months, five or six months. And so it's been a learning process, but a ton of fun to be able to connect with folks, folks like you and other like-minded, really very thoughtful people in the industry. Um, so you can find me on LinkedIn or you can always visit our website at getresi.com. Awesome. Okay. I'll make sure and share all of those links for everyone that wants to connect. Thank you so much. And we'll be chatting again soon. Thanks so much for having me today, Barbara. I told you this was going to be good. I hope you have several pages of notes and ideas to implement. And if you thought today was good, we've got so much more to come. So join us on the next episode of Marketing Home, Marketing You, and let's become better marketers together. Bye guys.